You're listening to Spare Change Podcast, your podcast for global economics, personal finance, and investing. Remember, finance knows no limits. In today's episode, I discuss all things taxes and what you can expect this year. Hello and welcome to Spare Change Podcast. Today, I'm going to be discussing the U.S. tax system and how it might differ from what you would expect. Um, A lot of people right now, especially, are having questions about taxes and what they can expect come tax time. Um, So a lot of people kind of get the wrong idea, you know. Um, I'm earning, like, all this money, and now I'm in a higher tax bracket, so I need to accept a lower paying job so that I can get taxed at a lower tax bracket. Um, this is a common misunderstanding and the overall kind of topic that I'm going to get into is the fact that the U.S. is operating on a progressive tax system and what that means um, for average uh, earners and what it could mean for you. So. When we talk about U.S. progressive tax, right, so it starts at around 0 to 10 percent. That's that's the first tax bracket. Um, So all money in that first tax bracket gets taxed at 0 to 10 percent, depending on income. Um, I'm just pulling up an actual chart for 2023 just so that I'm not gonna say anything that is not true. So overall, single filers will start in the 10% bracket, and as they move upward in income, uh, the first bracket stops at $10,275 for single filers. Um, Obviously different numbers for married filing jointly, so that would be like $20,550. and so on for head of household. There, there are different um, tax numbers, but we'll just talk about single filers for right now. Um, once you enter the next tax bracket, that is at 12%. Um, the highest tax bracket is taxed at 37%. And these are just based on um, the resources that I'll provide below. I will also share on my screen now the website that I'm using to pull all these numbers. So as discussed, um, your tax rate is off to the left hand side. And in each tax bracket, you're only taxed on the dollar value that is included in that tax bracket. So let's say I earn $70,000 a year. That means that my tax range is 10 for the zero to $10,275. So that first $10,275 is taxed at 
the next tax bracket um, all the way up until 41,775 for single filers, you would be taxed at 12%. And then up to that $70,000 mark uh, and beyond that second tax bracket will be taxed at uh, 22% or up to 22%. So what does this mean in terms of employment and in terms of managing your assets and being able to offset your income to lower your tax bracket. So a lot of people get nervous and they say, hey, I've started earning more money, I'm gonna get taxed higher, and that's not necessarily 100% true, um, at least not for the full dollar value of your overall income. One of the significant factors of the US tax system is that your lower income will always be taxed at the bracket that it was up to. So let's say you had a $40,000 a year job. That's only ever gonna get taxed up to that 12% between the 10.2K and the 40K. Um, so when you get a higher paying job, it's only that income that goes above your previous bracket, that's the only income that gets taxed at the new bracket's percentage. Uh, versus the opinion that your entire income is now taxed at a higher rate. That's just simply untrue. Um, and you need to keep in mind that your income is going to always be taxed at certain rates at certain levels. So whether it changes in the future and we start getting taxed more or the taxes drop, the tax system in the U.S. is a progressive system and this is how it will work for the foreseeable future unless tax law changes and we switch to a different system, but that will take much longer to um, implement than just simple tax rate changes. What can you do to offset that W-2 income? You can, uh, as a 1099, your income uh, within portfolios and you can invest, you can also donate money and there's ways that you can manage your money if you have a company or assets that allow you to kinda, um, so for example, let's say I lose money in the stock market up to a certain dollar value because there's tax codes that apply and I say, hey, well I've taken losses in the stock market for this year, that's called tax loss harvesting and it can offset that income tax and that uh, federal and state tax. So a lot, a lot of the conversation now becomes tax strategizing and what can I do to kind of offset taxes for this year because I've got property tax, income tax, business tax, state tax. You know, there, there's a lot that we start to get concerned about at the beginning of the year and I think that it's key to um, break everything down into its own section. So what, what do I want to do? I want to make sure that I report accurate numbers for my income and account for things that offset the taxes that I'm going to incur based on both my income and my assets. Um, so one of the things they cover is the Tax Brackets and Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. Um, keep in mind, this will change in 2026, so this is not a forever thing, but uh, some of the benefits the number of brackets that exist remained at seven, meaning that 
larger income is taxed higher, but there's less um, less up and down mobility in tax brackets, so you can't really move too much. But I think I think there's a good balance that was struck with seven, and I'm sure that's why it remained that way. Um, a lot of, a lot of times you'll hear the uh, brackets will be modified. So what is the width of the bracket? And that's just talking about that income range. So let's say the 10.2K to 41K, uh, where we delineate a bracket and its range, uh, both beginning and ending. Um, when we talk about consumer price index, that's just a measure of inflation. And, you know, it... it also dictates the standard tax deductions and it dictates um, a lot of other tax implications and tax codes. Uh, you can also note that the charitable contribution deduction, so like I was talking about, if you donate money, it can help offset your taxes. Not that that's what we should be really focused on when we're donating money, but... Um, if you're charitable, it can benefit you in the long run for tax season. Um, caps mortgage interest deduction to the first seventy-five or seven hundred fifty thousand in principal value. So again, we talk about assets and how they offset or impact your tax um, season and what you have to report. Deduction for state and local income sales and property taxes limited to a combined ten thousand dollars So you can only really knock off ten thousand dollars based on uh, state and local income sales property taxes XYZ anything that falls within those categories. You're only going to be able to uh, Deduct ten thousand dollars from your overall tax burden and any uh, taxes that you do at the end of the year so itemizing, you can still use it uh, if your total deductions work to your advantage. Boosting the standard deduction was designed to simpl simplify calculations for the vast majority of filers. Basically, they're just trying to kind of dictate, you know, how much work do you really have to put in to achieve what would be considered a satisfactory tax deduction. I'm not like intimately familiar with itemizing my taxes. I think a lot of people, and it says here in 2018 for that tax year, 90% of households opted for standard deductions up from 70% in re previous years. And that can both be a good thing and a bad thing because I think a lot of people end up missing things when they itemize and it just doesn't work for them. Or they itemize things that might not be a tax deductible and then they're in trouble that way. Uh, so the five different filing statuses for taxes, I, I kind of went over this at the beginning, but single, married, filing jointly, married, filing separately, head of household and qualifying widower um, or widow. These are all different tax filing statuses and they affect both your joint tax rates or your own personal tax rate. So you've got to keep in mind what different situations you might be in. So if you're married, but you want to remain in a certain tax bracket, 
versus you know filing jointly you might want to file separately and it all really depends on what your personal situation is and that's why you should always either talk to a professional or do enough research to where you feel comfortable addressing your taxes without someone else's help so this resource also talks about you know calculating your taxable income determining how the tax brackets work but I, I think I kind of covered that in a way that makes sense so again if you're in XYZ bracket and it says oh your tax bracket is at 24% that's not your full income it's just the range within that tax bracket so your other incomes are still being taxed at their own um, separate rates at lower dollar value so all of the tax brackets that you've achieved are taxed in their individual brackets, and that's how your taxes come out. Um, and then there's, of course, different exemptions, and it talks about capital gains tax. So that is, you know, you sell stock and it works out for you. There's short term and long term capital gains. So short term capital gains, that is, you've held something in the stock market for less than a year and uh, that's classified as short-term capital gain you say you pay the same rate as your income so if you make you know a certain income tax bracket it's going to be taxed the same way with the same percentages so it might be more beneficial if you have long-term capital gains those are taxed at lower rates comparable to ordinary income and maybe more beneficial to you but also, like I discussed earlier, short-term capital gains. If you have a, uh, if you have tax loss uh, that you can apply against your current tax, and you no longer wish to hold the underlying stock that you've invested in, you can then kind of just sell, take the loss, and then offset your taxes that way. Um, state and local taxes varies everywhere you go um, so it talks about California having the highest state income tax at 13.3 percent um, I used to live in Florida so that was no income or no state income tax um, so honestly I wouldn't suggest moving around based on income tax you, you want to move somewhere where you're comfortable and you can uh, live life the way that you want to versus you know just moving around just because the state doesn't have income tax doesn't mean it's the state for you uh, definitely always want to be aware of where you're going before you kind of put yourself in a new financial situation just to avoid some tax um, and, and it talks about how people file their taxes a lot of people are moving towards electronic obviously we have a lot more people filing online and these um, these situations are only going to increase as far as my perspective goes because online finance and finance via phone has become such a market in its own. I really do believe that um, money and the knowledge around money depends on technology. Uh, and since we're trending in a positive direction, I think we're only going to learn more as we continue forward. Again, I'm not really a tax expert, um, so there are all sorts of different tax credits that you can apply for, whether it's a child tax credit, child and dependent care. Um, if, if you have dependent care, 
so meaning like spouse parent who's incapacitated or children under 13 you can kind of get tax benefits that way um, there, there's so many different ways to achieve tax credits um, and it, it doesn't even have to be like necessarily the most out there thing it, it can be children and let's say a parent moves in with you and they've been living with you for a certain amount of time it, it doesn't matter there there may be benefits for you um deductions like mortgage interest this is going to be one that i'll probably be interested in but your lender will report to you all of the interest that you pay and you can uh, report that for a deduction so that's probably going to be beneficial for someone like me who just bought their first house and has been living in it for one two years um, any 401k contributions or IRA contributions gifts uh, donations Self-employment expenses, if you use a health savings account, um, educator expenses, gambling losses, which, I mean, that sounds a little different to me because I wouldn't think that you'd be able to report gambling losses as a deduction. Um, but it does say it's capped at the amount that you've won. So if you're losing all the time, you're not going to be able to really claim any of your gambling losses. That's uh, kind of where they limit you to is you can only pull back your losses to the amount that you've won. So uh, I'm not here to encourage gambling, but you might want to just keep a positive ratio. Don't don't lose more than you win and you'll be okay. I might be entirely interpreting that the wrong way. Overall, that's kind of this article and all that it entails. If you have other tax ideas or tax discussions that you want to learn more about. I'm more than willing to discuss uh, tax topics while we're in that season. I know I'm still waiting on at least one W-2, so if you're in the same spot, feel free to uh, show some support. Uh, if you enjoyed today's topic, feel free to like, share, uh, follow, and hope you have a great day. Hope tax season isn't too rough. I know that it can be confusing, so that's why I'm here trying to talk about it. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Spare Change Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, follow, and share. And remember, finance knows no limits.